Welcome to Friends at Film Camp, the podcast for two friends gabbed by the fire from our fun film perspectives. I'm Jinian. I'm Luke. Uh, today we're talking about the second season of Russian Doll. Oh yes, Russian Doll. <laughs> I forgot I have to actually tell. <laughs> Russian Doll is a Netflix comma drama mystery thing. It's very not genre Uh... It was created by Natasha Lyonne, uh, uh-huh. Leslie Headliner and uh, or Headland and Amy Poehler, and stars Natasha Lyonne and Char. It stars Natasha Lyonne and Charlie Barrett. Mm-hmm. For some reason, he's not cast right beside her, even though he's definitely the co-lead. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, it was a big critical darling its first season, and mm-hmm. Netflix ended up renewing it. For a second season a few months later, which took three years for them to make. Yeah. I think, let's talk about the first season a little bit, because at least for me personally, the first season has a lot to do with how I feel about the second season. First season was good. The first season was very good, and it is a Groundhog Day type scenario um, where Natasha and uh, the other guy, what's his name in the show? Alan. Alan! Oh my god. Her name isn't Natasha in the show. It's Nadia. Nadia! Oh, that's such a good name for her. Nadia and Alan are stuck in a Groundhog Day sort of situation together um, in which they, like, die repeatedly and it just kind of resets them back to the same moment and they both have to figure out what they need to do to, like, get out of it. And they end up, like, meeting each other at one point. Uh, and realize that like they're stuck in it together, so they kind of create a really interesting bond. Of like, I feel like they're people who like wouldn't ever interact in real life normally, mm-hmm. but because they're stuck in this together, they create this like very like sweet relationship with each other where they have this like understanding because no one else went through that like they did, um, and they're actually like really cool together. Anyway, so the first season, it's it's very tight it's really well done it feels like a mini series i don't in my opinion i don't this never felt like a show that should have a second season but the characters and like the world are really really fun to be in and like i love alan i love nadia i think nadia feels so much just like Natasha Leon being herself. And Natasha Leon is so cool. That, like, it's just fun to see her be in a character that's so similar to her because you just, like, want to see her do things. At least yeah. I do. Um, but, I, yeah, I did not find the, the first season lent itself to, like, a second season. I thought it could have a second season. I don't yeah. know what I would have thought it would be. Mm-hmm. But I thought... It lent itself where it could be another season. And honestly, I think the second season as a pitch mm-hmm. really does sound like a good idea for a second season. I agree. Like for what this world is, where uh, clearly like mystical things can happen to Alan and Nadia. Nadia and <laughs> sometimes they just have to figure it out. The idea of going from in a death loop to a time traveling train. Yeah. Like, it's it fits the world. Yeah, when they so did it, I was like, this makes sense. We're, like, a few years later in um, the show, like, at the beginning of the second season. I think Nadia's turning 40. Is that how, what she's turning? And she was 36 last time or something? Anyway, 
it's a few years afterwards and yeah the the shtick for this season is that instead of being in a groundhog day type scenario they're in a time travel scenario and both Nadia and Alan are time traveling to like previous um relatives like and where their grandmother great-grandmother whoever would have been in that time and they are them and they yeah they are them um which I I do think is an interesting concept especially because Nadia's relationship with her mother was very very interesting in the first season and I do think it lends itself to exploring more i i personally i know you didn't have a hard time with this but i do have a hard time because the world is relatively realistic besides like the other stuff i find it hard to suspend my disbelief for it to happen twice i don't understand why it's happening again that just seems strange to me for, like just something that happens to them though. but that doesn't make any sense to me well get over it now here's the thing about the second season which is it's kind of a it's from the rotten tomatoes website it's the best summarization of how i feel okay which is that not all of russian dolls gambles pay off in this ambitious second season Mm -hmm. the show's willingness to take its own risks i think is warranting of some reward because most second seasons don't take this type of risk they Mm -hmm. would do the same thing over again this show wanted to be different yeah and it tried it didn't work as well i think there's something like inherently messy and rushed feeling about this season which is weird like as it's weird because it took a very long time yeah and like especially as we said like the pitch it's like it's not a bad idea but there's so much stuff especially by the time you get to the end that just feels weird like stuff that didn't need to really be there before we get into the stuff that like sorry Stuff that didn't really need to be there, and stuff that was there where I'm, where we were like, mm, yeah, that's weird. And a lot of it has to do. I think this is our biggest problem, with even during the first season, mm-hmm. like it, it, Nadia was confused. She was never that dumb. She wasn't going around all the time. Yeah. After like at the start, she kind of was. But after, like, a few episodes, she wasn't going around being like, yo, I'm dying, you have to help me. But yeah. for this reason, she, neither of them really get, well, Alan kind of gets it, but Nadia really never seems to Alan catch on. Alan doesn't even most, Alan doesn't even get it. Because hold on, the, hold on. Okay. <laughs> it's that neither of them understand that they sound crazy yeah. when they keep telling people they're time travelers from the future. Yeah. And, and they don't seem to ever catch on. Because, like, I can get it the first few times. Like, we were like, whoa, this is jarring. And then you're like, wait, no. This sounds crazy. I have to stop. But they don't ever get it. Well, and they keep not I getting it. Part well, of... well past that. Interrupting Sorry. my sentences. Sorry. Well past when they should. I think part of the thing, too, is, like, first of all, time travel and, like, Groundhog Day are very different scenarios in terms of if you're in a Groundhog Day situation, if you make yourself look crazy. It doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter because you're going to restart. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. This isn't the same. It's a continuous timeline. Like if they do something in the past, even if they leave and come back, what they did still happened. Mm-hmm. So like they they still did that. And then both Alan and Nadia 
are just acting so stupid in situations that involve actual peril. Like, it's different, like, when Nadia first time travels and she goes and talks to, like, some guy at a bar and she's like, oh, yeah, I'm from the future. You're going to do these things. Like, that's low stakes. It doesn't matter if this random dude at a bar thinks she's crazy, right? Or if he believes her. It doesn't matter. But... You know, we we go into some pretty intense stakes in this movie. Nadia goes back to like Nazi, Nazi Germany. No, is she in Germany or no? She's not in Germany. She's in an occupied. Is it West Berlin? Yeah, I think uh, so. Uh, it was. It wouldn't be. It'd be East Berlin. I think it was Berlin. Yeah, and like, um, so does uh, Alan, who is a black woman at the time, and then he's just kind of acting normal like anyway and then like also when Nadia is in um like a mental health hospital and she's like telling the doctor like oh I'm from the and it's like they're going to commit you like it's just like these weird things where they don't it doesn't make any sense how they're behaving I want to talk for a second Uh about Alan Uh because this is the character that seemed the most like needed more writing time yes i was gonna say that too because alan has a really interesting character arc where he's going back to see i believe it's his grandmother or he's in his grandmother's body is that who it is yes it's his grandmother are you sure yeah i'm checking okay you're right you're right i was wrong uh anyway alan goes back to be his grandmother and first off there is just a really interesting subplot that they like tapped on for a second and then were instantly pulled back from, mm-hmm. which was first off, Alan seems really happy to be a woman back in time. Yes. And he seems really happy dating the guy. Yeah. Alan straight up falls in love with the man and is like so jovial and happy to go back in time because he gets to spend time with him and it's like we kind of bring it up and both me and you were like oh this is interesting and then it's just dropped immediately and here and it's not even alan is in every other aspect shown to be like a very straight generic man who's just like nervous Uh like another like he's nervous and timid and like formal and all that but we never given an inclination that he's queer queer in any any way there's no queer coding yes that exists there's moments where you could be like this could lead to queer coding with him and it's like why did you this was like an interesting well to tap i also think here's the uh, one more thing this season has one less episode than last season Mm. which is just weird for a show to cut one episode so i'm wondering if maybe at some point in the process, there was an extra episode devoted to Alan. Maybe. It's really only one episode about Alan. And then the finale where they share it. But Alan doesn't need to be here. Yeah, Alan really... I... Especially at... Like, Alan and Nadia's relationship is really, really interesting. And last season, like, they did sleep together once. And at the beginning of this season, they kind of hint that there might be something going on there which i'm actually really into because i I think they're such an odd pairing that they are really interesting together they would work together because they're so different but they have this like shared trauma experience and they kind of they get each other on a deeper level because of it and they obviously like even now they like love each other even if it's like not necessarily romantic um they see right now they kind of framed it as 
We both thought at the start that they were that was a story. It seemed line they like they were done. hinting at it at the beginning, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, they don't develop that. And I think also with the time travel thing, and not just time travel, but inhabiting uh, like relatives' bodies, that was very like integral to us exploring Nadia's relationship with her her mother and her grandmother and her great grandmother and her family in general, right? With Alan, I don't think in the first one, we really saw much of his family at all. I think we saw his mom once when he was telling her about how he was going to propose to his girlfriend. And she was, like, surprised that his girlfriend would have said yes. You know what I mean? Do you remember that? Vaguely. Um, so I think we maybe saw her once. So we don't have a basis for his relationship with his family very much. And they don't even really explore it that much. At the very end, which we'll get into in more detail, but I just wanted to talk about a specific thing. At the very end, he talks to his grandmother in like a, I don't know, dream, liminal, whatever space. And he's like talking to her. She's like, oh, did I like do the right thing? Whatever. So it's our our first like interaction that we've seen between them. And there was this line that was so weird. And she was like, oh, my perfect boy. Like, I thought you would remember. Like, I thought you would remember what I said or something, but she doesn't say anything besides my perfect boy. Is that what she thought he would remember? That doesn't make any sense. That's not helpful. That's just something your grandmother would call you. Here's the thing, is that I wonder, Uh because in the first season, his whole thing was, he, like, his character arc was he killed himself. Yeah. And that was, like, the fix he needed. Like, that was what he needed help with. Uh He was that. Yeah. And I'm wondering if that's the plot point they wanted to continue here. Mm -hmm. Was that... Which is interesting. Well, that would have been... That would have been interesting to go into, too. But they never really lean... Like, they never go very far into it. And they... Like, he's... He's clearly traumatized as a person. But much more from the continuous dying aspect Mm -hmm. in the same way Nadia's like traumatized but like she's just better at handling trauma because she's more used to it Uh but both of them are like affected by it still yeah like it freaks them out every year around that time because they spend it together yeah uh that could have been an interesting subplot of Alan focusing on like trauma Mm -hmm. and how he when he faces trauma, it's, like, really hard for him. Yeah. And he doesn't, like, how he handles it and how he can not rest as it grow past it, but get to a better place with it. Uh-huh. But they don't want to do that. They keep wanting to do stuff with him. Yeah, and but then they, they just, have like, no, drop like, they, it. It's almost like there was one writer uh-huh. in the writer's room who was, like, very interested in Alan, and then everyone else... Yeah. was like, Alan is very boring, and I don't want to do it. Yeah. And here's the part that kind of concerns me. Mm-hmm. And it's a little thing. And it could be nothing. Uh-huh. But Natasha Leone mm-hmm. took a much larger creative role this season. Mm-hmm. Like Amy Poehler and uh, Miss, La- Miss Land. I can't remember her name. They both seem to have stepped a little bit more back. Yeah. They were kind of probably just consulting executive producers. But Natasha directs, like, half the episodes. And she writes a lot of them. Or she's involved in writing a lot of them. Uh-huh. So maybe Natasha just really wanted to focus on her character? I don't know. I'm I, always less... I 
like I know that's more speculatory, but in the end, she did. She took the big creative control, and this is when we transitioned to a lot more her. Yeah. And I know in the first season, we didn't really meet Alan until halfway through. Yeah, but he still <laughs> had a big role. But like, when once he was there, he was part of it. Yeah. Here, when he's introduced, like his storyline's introduced halfway through. Yeah. It's immediately dropped. Yeah. So, like. Natasha or Nadia's Nadia's main goal we'll get into her a little bit but Nadia's main goal is she's trying to get the Kukurans back because she's like what do they call it like a Coney Island she's like if I had those back like my whole life would be better whatever I don't know it's a green grass is always green yeah um Alan's thing kind of so when we first meet him when he's going back in time yeah he's in love with that dude who we talk about very interesting but and then, we were like invested. Yeah, we, we were, were like, like, oh, this oh is gosh, so cool. It's going to be like a, his gay awakening, or he's going to realize something else. Like, he's going to. There was just a lot of interesting stuff that they ended up dropping because shortly after we meet this guy, um, we find out that it's it's during the time when Germany was like divided by Berlin. the wall. Berlin Wall. Berlin, sorry. When Berlin was divided by the wall. And the guy and like his friends have like a plan to like dig a tunnel underneath or something because their family is like on the other side and so alan finds this out and then alan's plan is to like stop them from doing this which also just felt weird because first of all alan walks into a meeting where his grandmother has been involved with helping them plan this and he suddenly walks in and is like what are you doing i don't think we should do this and they're like are you going to rat us out? Like, what the fuck? So he starts acting so suspicious. And I just have a problem. Kind Almost, it, it doesn't feel morally right, kind of his goal, to just stop them because well, he doesn't want to lose the dude. Well, hold on. What? His, I think his bigger concern is most people, a lot of people who tried to cross that wall mm-hmm. were murdered very badly. Yeah. So I, that's like his fear. Yeah. Uh, is he doesn't want them to die. And he is approaching it overly logistical. Uh-huh. So that part, I, I understood. What do you mean overly logistical? Like, he's like, guys, the wall's coming down in, like, 40 years. I so don't you don't think, have to risk death. You I just don't wait. think that's how he's approaching it. But that's he, what he says it. That's what he's trying to convince them to stop. That's not why. He doesn't want him to do it because he doesn't want him to die, which I get. But I do think in situations like this where it's like you're separated from your family and it's like (sighs) what's an act of revolution almost i just i have a problem with somebody trying to like stop that it's not a revolution they're just i know but it's an act of revolution what are you talking about that's not what this is it's an act of defiance yes it is they're just (sighs) it is no but we're moving i'm moving forward I think a lot of this would have been better, though, uh-huh. if we spent time with Alan. Yes. We spent even one more episode, then we might have both, like, we both would have probably been like, okay, we yeah. get why he doesn't want them to leave, because we understand the emotional validity of the relationship. Like, we would have been able to better sympathize with his actions. Well, he also but because just doesn't... it's so quick yeah. that we're just like, oh, he's in love, and now he doesn't, like, it's like they were like, oh, we have to establish love, and then we have to establish the plot. 
Yeah. So basically, there's like two scenes where the first the scene where Alan finds out that they're doing this whole plan and he's like, oh, don't do it. And they're like, what the fuck? You've been helping us do this. Like, are you going to turn on us? Whatever. And then where he talks to the guy and he's like, listen, the wall's going to come down. And the dude's like, okay, like, if you know the wall's going to come down, when's it going to come down? And then Alan like tells him the year and he's like, that's 75 years. You want me to not see my family for 75 years? 40. Or whatever. And Alan's like, oh, yeah, I guess that's, like, bad. And then we never see the guy again. And that storyline is just dropped. And, like, Alan talks about it later. He's like, should I have done something different? Like, Like, what? But we we just never see him again. Like, why on earth did she not help? Like, why? She should have helped. That would have been the end of that character arc. Yeah. Is Alan, as the grandmother, helping them Yeah, like, the guy, like, convinces him, like, why it's important, even if he might die. And Alan has to, like... Has to be Except like the that. one to distract the guard. Yeah. And like Alan's all emotional inside. Yeah. Because it's like, no, I don't want to lose them, but yeah. he has to be strong. Yeah. Alan doesn't make a choice. No. Alan we just, just like never see the we just never see what happens. Also, I think that this says something that we are like twenty three minutes into this episode. Uh-huh. And we have barely talked about Natasha or Nadia's storyline. Yeah. Because as or they set up a much more interesting one with Alan. Nadia's just felt like there were so many times where I'm like, oh, we're back to square one yeah. again. Well, and I it's think... that she wants the coins, and then she, she her mother steals them. Yeah. And so she, as her mother, is trying to get them back. And then they're back, and then they're gone again, and then they're back, and then they're gone again, uh-huh. and then they're back, and then they're gone again. And it's like five times of that. And then eventually... She, like, ends up getting them back permanently, mm-hmm. but she realizes that's, it doesn't matter. That's the thing that I was saying, is I think... So, in oh. terms... What? Also, this was weird, but what? the show started with, like, one of those scenes in the middle of the show. Uh-huh. So you'd be like, where's that scene from? Uh-huh. It was just her hiding the coins. It did? Yeah. Oh, I don't even remember that. I remember that because I, I was like, this is... Like, it's something that's going to be, like, important, important later. Yeah. And then later, it was just her very instinctually being like, here's the coins hidden. Yeah. Okay, bye. Interesting. Um, no, I think, especially because, so Nadia's storyline is bookended with Ruth. Is her name Ruth? Ruthie. Yeah. yeah. Ruthie. Ruth, who, if you've seen the first season, Ruth is sort of her, like, adoptive mother almost ruth was friends with nadia's mother she was her therapist and after nadia's mother died like ruth has always been that maternal figure in her life you know she's the type nadia will go into her house and start eating her chicken you know it's like a very familial relationship and ruth is like not doing well at the beginning of the season she's like gotten into a car accident you're just like you get the impression she's not been doing great right at the end of the season, Ruth dies. And um, so it's it's bookended by Ruth, right? It's the... Ruth is the crux of this emotional yeah, arc. Yeah, it's the end of the emotional arc is at Ruth's funeral, right? And, like, part of the stress at the end is that Nadia didn't get to Ruth's... To say goodbye to Ruth. To say goodbye. And that's because she was stuck in this, like, weird time shit, right? But we don't ever deal with Ruth very we see her a few times we talk to her a few times but we don't deal with Ruth in the past so 
Ruth is like there. Ruth she's is played there. by a really good actress. Yeah. But it's like I think because it starts with Nadia stressing about her mom and she's like she's kind of like, Oh, if I had a different mother, if I was raised differently, like all everything would be better. And the coins, right? And I think at some point, because sort of a narrative early on with Nadia is like, she starts to feel like, oh, you can't actually change anything in the past. Like, whatever I do, it's what already happened. And like, we still won't have the coins. So I feel like at some point, she should have realized that, like... The gold in her life was rude. Yeah, like... Even though, you know, her mom had all these issues and died really young, and even though they lost the gold, like, she should have realized, even if she, like, saw, like, Ruth with, like, Nadia as, like, a kid, and she realizes, like, oh, like, I did, even though I had these things, I did have this really strong maternal figure, and, like, that's what's important now. And then she starts having to, like, deal with, like, Ruth and exploring that relationship. Then it, the, the her whole arc would make more sense, ending with Ruth's death. And here's the thing. This show has already had that type of emotional core reaction mm-hmm. in the first season. Mm-hmm. So I always remember it. It's, like, the best death. Not the it's the best death emotionally in the first season. Yeah. Because it's when Ruth, thinking Nadia's a burglar, shoots her. Yeah. And then, like, Ruth is destroyed. Yeah. Because she, like, killed... It's, like, equivalent to killing her daughter. Yeah. And Nadia's, like, it's... Nadia's trying to be, like, it's fine, but she's, like, dying. Yeah. And it's, like, that was an emotional punch. Yeah. And they never go for that. Em- no. They never try and get that emotional punch. Well, they... They go for it, but they always just miss yeah because it's like her funeral like her at the hospitals with all the hospital stuff it's like ruth just is dying yeah and it's like it's just not treated as a big deal and mm-hmm. then it's like the biggest deal yeah exactly and it's like ruth should be like way sicker and i think especially if you think about it at the beginning like nadia's kind of in denial about, about the Ruth. fact that Ruth is sort of dying. Mm-hmm. So I think, again, that would lend itself to sort of Nadia connecting with past Ruth and that helping her accept that Ruth past is dying. Ruth should have been a much bigger part of the she story. She should have been a huge part of the story. The whole past, and she kind of, like, she was there, but there was no character growth. She was there, but she Ruth was never was the point. Ruth was just her Robin. Yeah. Like, Ruth was just, like, beside her. Yeah. And was like, yeah. Yeah. And then she gave sold a ring that she didn't use anymore. Yeah. Which was sweet, but she she need, Ruth needed to be the emotional core, especially because like have a moment of Ruth being weak. I think the beginning of her exploring her relationship with her mom was interesting, but then even that didn't really go anywhere. You know, like we didn't come to a realization on that. Nadia kind of got more empathy for her mom because the longer she was in her mom's body, she started to. Ex- experience her like mental illnesses so i think that was all interesting i think that gave her a better perspective and like more empathy and like made her feel better about her childhood because like her mom wasn't like behaving Mm -hmm. that way to be mean you know like it was genuine she felt like there were bugs like crawling in her skin um so that was like interesting but after she has that realization again we kind of drop that storyline and it becomes about the coins again you know yeah, this is, the only thing that's not dropped is the coins. And yeah. I, the whole time, I'm like, you obviously aren't going to get the coins. No. Oh, my God. Right. And that fucking one scene where she gets the coins. And as a New Yorker, a woman who's grown up in New York, she leaves 
a bag full of gold coins unattended on the subway, and then is shocked and surprised when she goes back and they're gone. Like, how, am I supposed to believe she would actually do that? I and don't think she would. Especially because they were just in a bag. Yeah. She could just hold because the bag. she like saw Alan in another train, and so she like got up and was like, "Oh, Alan," which isn't even like she knows. She literally told Alan to get on a train to go fucking time travel, right? So, like, that doesn't even make sense. Like, that was one of the stupidest, like, plot... What's that? Like, a plot... Um, plot point. Yeah. No, there's, like, another word for it. Contrivance? I don't know. It, it was... There's, like, stuff like that that's really frustrating where it feels like the character had to do something stupid in order for the plot to move forward. Yeah, and then because that was the that was the end of an episode too. Like we were supposed to be really invested in that. Like, oh no, she lost the coins again. You know, we were like, we were just mad. We stopped watching that day. We did, yeah. And then we get to the final episode arcs, which is Nadia. Again, this comes too late because mm-hmm. she's already established that she's like more sympathetic with her mother. Yeah, but. So she's kind of yeah. like, she's not mad at her mom, but she's much more sympathetic. Yeah. But then she still, like, steals her younger self. Yeah, so... To, wh- like, she's... Which is a weird plan. She's gonna, like, raise herself yeah. in the future and then put her back in time. So this is also so frustrating. So Nadia gives birth to herself when she's in the past. And she takes her baby self and is like, we're gonna go to the future. And she even says, like, I don't know how much this is gonna fuck up, because... Everyone knows in time travel, like, that's a known rule. Like, don't, don't fuck with that, right? So she, she acknowledges this might fuck shit up. And then she goes into the future and it fucks everything up. And for a good half of the episode, she's, like, shocked. She's like, what is happening? And it's like, you knew that this might happen. And she's like, it takes her way too long to understand it, given it's something she knowingly caused, you know? And like, again, she goes to the hospital, and, like, Ruthie, Ruth is there from, like, two weeks before when she had the car accident, and then she's, like, re- and then she's talking to the nurse, and she's, like, I need the right Ruth, and the nurse is, like, what are you talking, again, she's acting crazy. And then, again, this is, is a broad point, but mm-hmm. this season just needed more time in the writer's room. Yes. And maybe it needed more writers like maybe. maybe they maybe the fact is that if the rest amy polar and i want to get her name because she was an equal writer and i feel like it's rude if maybe the first season really worked because natasha leslie and amy polar mm-hmm. like all three of them were balancing each other out yeah but when it's just like without all three of them maybe this season just needed like a new an additional writer mm-hmm. and it needed an additional rewrite yeah like send the script to someone else well to like me, like send it to someone else and then they could tighten things up mm-hmm. and they could focus it because it's just not focused yes it's it's not focused but there's so many good ideas here that i get why it might be hard to focus because there's so many things where i'm like if you go into this it's cool and yeah. it's not even doing the annoying thing, which a lot of shows do, where they're like, that's for the next season. Yeah. None of these feel like they're ever going to be picked up again. No. And I would have even preferred it if they were like, next season. Although there probably won't be a next season, because no one watched this one. Because Netflix well, is terrible. They also ter- did not advertise it at all. This one. I know you were about to say that. I'm agreeing with you. I never said the full sentence, though. Yeah, How do I'm you just agree- helping you. I'm <laughs> helping you say it. <laughs> 
<laughs> Netflix is terrible at advertising. Yeah. Which, side point, Netflix is really seriously thinking about putting their movies in theaters. Mm-hmm. Like, giving them all theatrical release. Okay. But if you put them in theaters, yeah. you have to advertise that they're yeah. in theaters. It's yeah. not like ne- like now. And Netflix is just notoriously bad at telling you what's yes. new. Netflix is really weird in that they'll put a bunch of money. I remember they did this with Sense8. So I was really, really into Sense8 when it was coming out. And Sense8 was an expensive-ass show. But the second season of Sense8, they gave it the go-ahead. They gave them, like, a hundred million dollars, or however much they needed, and then they just didn't advertise it. And then the people didn't know it existed. Even people who are fans of the first season didn't know the second season had come out, and then they were like, no one's watching this. And it's like, I get, I get, for a really pricey show, canceling it if no one's watching it. But why would you sink a hundred million dollars into a show, and then just, like, not advertise it? Like, and I, and like you big... have, like, you you put money in that. Don't you want people to see it? And the thing is, is that... Ne- like I, ad campaigns are expensive. Yeah. Like it's a most big ad campaigns are at least a hundred million, mm-hmm. probably a little more nowadays. And the the only show I've ever really seen them, I can think of put that much in. Orange is the new black. No. Oh. Stranger Things. Oh. Yeah. It's the only show I can think of where I'm like they spend a hundred million to let you know it's there. Back in the day, they advertised Orange is the New Black a lot. Yeah, but that was their new show. Yeah. That was their first But show. even something they can do that doesn't cost them any money is have, like, a featured banner. And they don't even do that for their new shows. No, they're... Obviously, Netflix is, like, in financial... Tr- not financial... They're not in financial trouble, but they're... Stressed. They're in- their investors are mad. Mm-hmm. Their investors are mad. Because they seem to have hit the peak of the streaming market, and they hit it before anyone thought they would. Yeah. And so they're not going to be bringing in any more money than they are right now, which is why they're going to be they're restructuring, which is why they're going to be restructuring uh-huh. how they're making content moving forward, which is why I'm like, they're not making a Russian Doll 3. Yeah. Because unless it gets so many award nominations, but I don't know how it would. Like, the first season did, but it's been so long, and no one watched this one. People watched the first one. Mm-hmm. It was, like, a big show. Mm-hmm. Again, Netflix advertised it. People might have watched it more. Yeah. Like, I remember I saw the f- official Nielsen rating, because Nielsen will track streaming. Uh-huh. It was the 10th most watched show mm-hmm. its first The week. first season? No. The second this one. season. Okay. And that's bad? That's bad for a big, expensive Netflix show mm. to be at number 10 its first week. Yeah. And then it will drop. So unless it picks up, because people will listen to our podcast and be like, let's check this out. <laughs> well, we we didn't really. do We're that good of a job. A great review. <laughs> um, no, I feel like it's so, it's such a shame because I feel like they, the concept was good, but I feel like they didn't establish any goals for the characters you know Mm. they were like oh with this concept we could explore these things Mm. and so they just explored everything but they 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 weren't like oh at the beginning of the season they're like this and at the end they're like this you know what i mean and Mm. then they like bring us through that it felt like they didn't have character or like emotional goals for any of the characters so they're just kind of like running around dropping Mm. storylines everywhere it's a real shame that the second season wasn't where it was mm-hmm. supposed to be. Uh, 
Although the one thing I will say for Netflix, which I like that they're still doing, mm -hmm. and it's one of the best appeals for me, is that they aren't doing the whole week-to-week -week release for shows that don't need it. Yeah. Some shows benefit from week-to-week -week relief. And that's really only shows, in my opinion, it's only shows like uh, reality shows. Yeah. Like Drag Race or survivor or stuff like but that aren't those are airing live as well that's right? my point it's yeah. like you benefit because you get time to acknowledge the feelings but stuff like dramas or this sort of thing mm -hmm. i think being able to direct when you watch it is key yeah so but no netflix the this is a good example of netflix a needing to demand higher quality mm -hmm. and be needing to advertise what they have yeah doesn't matter if you put out a new show and a new movie every week mm -hmm. if no one knows it's there see i think that's a problem too in how like back in the orange is new black days which i'm not even a huge fan of orange is new black but back in those days when like a, a netflix show was like it was almost like an HBO show, you know? It was, like, expected to be good. There was, like, a high level of quality. It was, like, if it's a new Netflix show, it's going to be, like, kind of something you've never seen before. It's going to be, like, interesting, and it's going to be really good, right? And then, at some point, they started doing just everything, you know? So they, I think part of it was that they overflowed their own market as well, where... Well, I understand to, why they did it, because yeah. they, they knew... Very quickly, everyone else was going to make a streaming service soon, uh -huh. and they needed content. They just needed, like, a lot of stuff for you to watch. Yeah. Because they were going to lose a lot of the other oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. I guess that makes sense. Because they lost all their Disney movies. They mm -hmm. get they get some other stuff. Because we're in Canada, which, imagine saying that's a decade ago. Because uh -huh. <laughs> we're in Canada, we get better Netflix than most people. Do we? Uh, I think so. We used to get worse Netflix in America. Yeah. Because the, Do we get better Netflix in America now? Yeah, because we don't have all the streaming services. There oh, now. okay. Like, we don't have Peacock or Hulu mm -hmm. or uh, a lot of the live sta like TV stations or yeah. a lot of those other smaller ones. Yeah. Like, they're kind of here, but they're not really here. So there's just less market here. Yeah, so you get better Netflix. It's the same with Disney+. Plus. Mm -hmm. They have all the Hulu stuff mm -hmm. on Disney+. Plus. Because there's not enough of a market here to support a whole new streaming service. Yeah. Like, at most, something like Hulu's not going to get more than a million people watching. Mm -hmm. And that's, like, not very much money. So, that's why we're getting better Netflix stuff than you. But mm -hmm. point being, Netflix needs to be better at what they're pushing out because it has become a quantity over quality. Yeah. And it's annoying. Mm -hmm. And I guess that concludes this episode. This has been another episode of Friends at Film Camp. Thank you all so much for listening. And we'll catch you next time at the campfire. <laughs>